Word, World Cup Daily, Adam Collins and Cam Hodgson. The action on day 17, the first of two games, double header, was at Lucknow between Netherlands and Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka finally on the board. Cam, tell us about it in 30 seconds. Is this Sri Lanka's true mean? They were way better today. This, it kind of, they lost all three matches going into this contest, but they'd actually been fine with the bat. We get to the, the, the Netherlands, they fall to 90 for six. Logan Van Beek and Sibrand Engelbrecht put on together 130, a record for the Netherlands' seventh wicket partnership in any ODIs. Gets himself up to 262. Is it enough? No. Two excellent partnerships that Samara, Samara Wickrama was a part of. Both of them, he gets 90 red, Nasanka gets a third 50 in a row. They get home very comfortably by five wickets. Yeah, they're home by five wickets with 10 balls to spare. So uh, Samara Wickmer, 91, not out. Asalanka, 44. Nasanka up the top, 54 from 52 to put a dent in it. They did lose three wickets in the first 16 overs. So they're 104 for three. And the Dutch have a chance. But back-to-back partnerships of 77 mm. and 76 end that. So Sri Lanka uh, on the board. They, they should have done it more easily than they did, really, when you consider the Dutch were, as you point out, 91 for six when Logan Van Beek walked out to join Engelbrecht. And look, that was a fabulous partnership. It took them from the 22nd over to the 46th over. It was the backbone uh, to, to, to build something credible from. And, you know, 262 is a credible score yeah. in this World Cup so far. It felt vaguely defendable, given uh, the, the strong suit for the Dutch has been, so far at least, with the ball. Like, from Sri Lanka's perspective, it felt relatable. You know, you get a side... 91 for six, you start thinking about what the afternoon tea might taste like. You go, oh, we're not going off for 120 here. That's yeah, early shower, quickly. doing something, more options in the evening. Exactly. You know, but, or late afternoon, could be on the back and having a beer by, say, 4 p.m., day game, morning start. But that's when things slip, as they can do. When you get into that mindset that it's going to be over soon, one partnership can change the whole energy of the match. And I genuinely thought it was going to be that way. Sri Lanka, there were, I mean, the measurables, they bowled 26 wides today. They dropped some bad catches at different points as well. There were several misfields, a couple of comical ones. There was a penalty runs when the ball hit the helmet at one stage. That'll feature again in the Hall of Fame. So it did go off the rails, but commendable they were able to get it back on track in time. You look through their, their, their what do you call it, phase? Phase-by-phase phase breakdown. Yeah. They made 56, 57, 58, 54 in the first um, 40 overs of their chase and, and that meant they were never really in major trouble I thought the, the batting innings of Sri Lanka really kind of spoke to kind of a positive mentality within the group this is a team who's lo- like lost their first three matches they've lost their skipper it's all been going wrong on paper as it mm. were they have this seventh wicket partnership which is a gut punch of a partnership it's, it's one of those momentum turners it wasn't even like once that partnership was broken the Netherlands stopped they got another 40 yeah. off their final five overs and so you, for all intents and purposes you've Everyone's played that cricket match where it becomes funny runs at the end of the first innings where it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe we've somehow managed to get in this game. Oh my mm. goodness me, we're ahead. And then to come out and to bat with the calmness and kind of assurity that they did, I thought it was very interesting the way they kind of attacked Aryan Dutt, the off-spinner, in a way that South Africa didn't. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, we spoke about before, the difference in the South Africa game is South Africa lost those seven overs and there was that immediate run rate pressure if a few overs snuck by. Here, Sri Lanka broke the back of the chase. Yes, they lost those three wickets in the first 15, 16 overs, but they were trotting along at sixes. That's right. And so actually, even when kind of they fell three wickets down and Asalanka came in, I think it was, they were fine. They just had to bat. They kind of did that. They did the bit at the beginning where they 
kind of took the sting out of the chase and they were able to just be like, if we bat for as long as we can, we will win the game. There was a net run rate opportunity for Sri Lanka in all of that. So I think the 15th over, maybe the 16th yeah. went for... Uh, went for plenty I think for 16 off Baz Delita and you, you can see a world there where they, they ice it and win it in 40 but it was the loss of the third wicket which was Asalanka bowled Mo across the line oh that pissed me off that so much I mean, it was mate. a bad shot wasn't it and, and Asalanka's a better player than that we saw how well he fielded today as well Asalanka threw himself around a couple of times when he took balls on the body and he was really attacking the yeah. you know attacking balls that often you let bounce to you in the field so you know credit for, to him for, for getting where he needed to be but getting out when he did that was that's third wicket after picking up uh, the Kusals Pereira and Mendes in quick succession inside the first 10 overs or so so you know there was a window but yeah it was yeah. the fact that they had their big overs along the way um, that they were in a position where they could absorb a bit of pressure it, it's kind of this is potentially being too negative in terms of honing in on something that uh, Sri Lanka did badly but that Asalanka shot blew my mind because yeah. he had this they were giving him the big ups on commentary he averages 91 in ODIs against off spin which is very unusual for the left hand because mm -hmm. it's all spinning away etc and Dutt was the Netherlands best bowler there was a reason he was bowling out to have it with he was about to finish his 10th over and mm -hmm. the Netherlands had only bowled 33 there's a reason that's the case because they think he's the most dangerous bowler and Asalanka with three balls left of Dutt's spell goes for this massive mow across the line and I uh, a bit of behind the scenes stuff I was thinking at the end of Dutt's spell, I was going to make my way over here to record this because that was going to be game over, game done. They've iced it. Yeah. Then he gets out and I sit back down and go, Adam, I'm going to be a little while longer just in case this is the, the part where it gets a bit spicy. But no, it was um, Asalanka, I guess, I guess to give him credit where it's due, he got 44 and helped his team win the way. I texted you when it was 61, uh, 91 for six and said something right. similar. This could be the, the quick finish yeah. today. Um, get your ass into gear, get around here and we can record early and get a cup of coffee or something like that. <laughs> Wasn't to be. Look, the Netherlands have a block with Sri Lanka. For whatever reason, they yeah. just can't beat them. The, the, the two times in the qualifier in Zimbabwe, they were knocked over handily and it felt like it was going to play out that way again today. So Rajitha is all over them to begin with, takes three wickets, but the first of those... Um, they've only got uh, seven runs on the board in the fourth over. So the contrast in the innings were that the Netherlands couldn't get going inside the power play. Um, O'Dowd hit a sixth then chopped on. That was a an ugly dismissal. Not as ugly as Ackerman's, who looked set. I think he was 31 from 29, hit five boundaries, yeah. looked really good. A waft and edged it. Uh, then Delita. Um, they, they reckon he's vulnerable against the short ball. This might go back to the Harris-Ralph exchange um, at the T20 World Cup last year. Whenever he walks out, you're seeing the field spread for the short ball, mid-off and mid-on come inside the circle. It's so and he gets unfair, out, man. caught down at deep third, so the perception will will prevail and, and continue. Uh, then Nedamandaru gets an absolute beauty from Matashanka, who took four wickets today. And I think that he's turning himself into one of the, the real finds of the tournament. Hasn't played Absolutely. loads of international cricket before arriving here. Left arm at, I wouldn't say extreme pace, but up in the mid-130s, swinging it back towards right-handers, per that leg before I mentioned before, and also able to stand it up off the seam and work away on the angle. He's a, he's a very aesthetic bowler. It yeah. looks nice. And I guess almost you can make an argument, say it could go the other way, where... He runs into bowl and I'm like, I know what his best ball is going to look like. Yep. It's going to shape him back into the right-hander. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be nice. It's going to be LBW. Um, but it's kind of out of keeping with the rest of the modern game where it's more of a case of wobble seam and cross seam and trying to use the pitch. Madashenko, when he has that new ball in his hand, it is kind of... A, I, this is just kind of shows the era I grew up watching cricket, but it, I think of it as like a mirrored Matthew Hoggard, 2005 nice. Ashes, swinging the ball back into Hayden and like yeah. his pads. But Holland, they, they, the Netherlands, they haven't... Kind of looking through their scores... 
they haven't quite put together the, the complete batting innings yet. They're against in the first match against the New Zealand, they were 120 for none, and then they crumbled against South Africa. And then today again, they've had the tail kind of bail them out. And I guess I guess to put a positive spin on it, I, I think something a lot of people are saying, and I'd subscribe to as well, is how enjoyable it is to watch them and how how obvious a team and a unit they are, and kind of how invested in the tournament they are. I think. When I think about uh, Australia's first two games when they were losing, I think Australia have the worst poker face of any team ever. When <laughs> when they when they are doing badly, they all look so sad. And I think the same with Holland is that they all look so invested and so kind of passionate about the, these nine matches and the opportunity that's in front of them. I think they'll look at today and given they talked about the South Africa winners, we weren't shocked. We don't consider it a, an upset. They'll look at this as a real missed opportunity to kind of double down the fact that they are a kind of... One of the one of the big boys, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's every chance they're two and two after today, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you make two sixty-two and you get out of a hole like that, and you're carrying whatever momentum you have into the second innings, you know, that was a near enough to a fifty-fifty game at the at the halfway mark. And yes, they have been competitive in in, in every game they've played. The difference between this, t- to my way of thinking, yeah. and tournaments where associate members were a part of it before, um, and now I'm thinking back to you know 2015 bigger tournament 2011 and all the way back to 1996 but uh, the, the difference now seems to be that the associate nations that play there's only one in this tournament for shame but that's getting rectified by the next time around it doesn't feel any different whereas it used to to be yeah. blunt it used to feel different when um, there'd be sides who would play in the 50 over world cup and like say namibia in 2003 and the netherlands in 2003 and when they played against the big boys invariably they'd be rolled over sure. there'd be some upsets of course famously bangladesh in 1999 Kenya in 1996, of course Ireland in 2011, beating England. Um, but the, the 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 central case was the associate member against full member game would be relatively one-sided. That's no longer the case, and that's to the immense credit of those administrators who had the foresight to implement not only the World Cup Super League but the level below it as well. Um, I think it was called League Two, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, there's been so many one-day internationals played for sides who wouldn't have otherwise played against each other in this four-year window. And Jeff and I have talked about it repeatedly on the podcast. It makes it all the sadder that the fixture list for the Dutch will probably be quite limited in the next four years. There'll be um, there'll be fewer one-dayers anyway. But without that organising structure, if they were to make the World Cup four years from now, and that's no sure thing because the, the level below the, the top seven or eight is really competitive, remembering the island the Windies, Zimbabwe, even Scotland, who I think are ranked 11th in the world in one-day cricket right now, they'll all be vying for those extra spots come 2027. So um, my fear um, is that uh, next time around, the the sides that make it who aren't full members won't actually be as strong as the Dutch. And that's not to do with anything to do with um, uh, the the progression of cricket in their countries. It's to do with um, the lack of competition they're likely to get against the big boys between now and South Africa. That's interesting because I... I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but my impression of it has been that if you look at the upsets and you look at the matches in history, it was a case of Kevin O'Brien's innings is the perfect yeah. example. Is It requires someone to have the best day of their life, basically. There's yeah. an, it, yeah. it really emphasises that cricket is the team sport for individuals, to use the old adage. Whereas now it feels like the Netherlands are a team. It's not the case that it's the Netherlands who have 
Ryan Tender Scarter, and if you get Tender Scarter out, you get the rest of them out. It's a case of well, Max O'Dowd might get the runs, Vikram Singh might get exactly. the runs, exactly. And there is that strength and depth that just didn't didn't used to exist. And also having a strong leader in Scott Edwards, who's had the chance to be a full time professional. I know we spoke about the other side of this when they beat the Dutch, the unusual paths to playing uh, in this team. But you know they are now professional cricketers, which is a great thing. In the case of Edwards, he got an absolute beauty from Tikshana today that spun square. I thought it didn't hit the inside edge. My first impression was he didn't sweep. My my first impression was bloody hell. That is, a, that is the ball of the tournament. It did clip the edge, which is why it hit leg stump. Yeah. But still, um, it took a good one to get him. Just to continue your thought there about not sweeping. Why isn't he sweeping every ball? I don't understand. He scores so many runs off it. I, I just think he should abandon all of cricket's kind of social etiquette and just sweep every <laughs> delivery, basically. Uh, just to finish on Sri Lanka's fielding innings, they, they, they were rubbish in the field. There was a Wellalage throw. He was the sub to Karuna Rutner at the non-striker's end at one point. Fell over the top of it, which took Van Beek to his half-century. Uh, Hemanatha, that dive that wasn't necessary, running in from cover, that was the ball, possibly the ball before the penalty runs, when the wheels were falling off for Sri Lanka. He made the contest, was getting there comfortably, and he dive, he threw his legs up in the air. His legs were higher than his hands, a little bit like Temba Bavuma at, at the Wacker all those years ago. He didn't need to be, though. Um, he, he was um, able to make it there without the dive. But you don't get style points when you're playing international cricket. That's ice skating. So they, they didn't make the most of opportunities they, they did have yeah. in the field. And meanwhile, that, that partnership, let's go back to it for a sec. Uh, Logan Van Beek, who's made a contribution with the ball, a really important one a few days ago in their win over South Africa. And Engelbrecht, who... You know, Matt Roller spoke about in our previous show saying, here's one to watch. A 35-year-old hasn't played international cricket yet. He's most well-known for the catch he took in 2008 um, in the under-19s World Cup. If you YouTube it, it comes under the title Best Catch Ever Taken and, and good luck finding a better one at backward point. Um, but yeah, he, he's um, proven to be a visionary selection on the back of what we saw today. It's kind of... I always... It both gives me hope and also makes me sad about whether maybe crickets aren't as good as I think they are because... He'd, he'd stop playing. He moved to the yeah. Netherlands. He'd taken up a job. And someone's gone like, oh, mate, do you fancy, do you fancy getting back involved? And <laughs> his way of getting back involved is to play at a World Cup and <laughs> score, score 70 against Sri Lanka. That was remarkable. And I think, I think weirdly, I almost think more of Sri Lanka's performance given how poorly they, they fielded because it's so, it'd be so easy to then turn around that innings, be, up, be there with the bat and just to see your top order fall away because mm. you're like, well, we, we're losing this match now. Yeah. The momentum's gone. We had a chance. We mucked it up. Our, our day's done, basically. And one other thing to note was Asalanka. Um, that, that dive forward and, and the great catch he took in the deep, which they needed you know, to break that stand. It, just at that point, I think that was um, that was Engelbrecht, wasn't it? That was caught in the deep by. Uh, no, sorry, it was it was it was um, it was uh, Van Beek because they went and checked it upstairs mm. and he waited on the boundary line. I remember that. But still, the you know the, they just needed to make sure they didn't end up chasing two ninety. You know that was a chance from where the Dutch were at, knowing the way the Dutch finished against South Africa a couple of days ago. Cam, uh, time for us to scoot along to the final word, Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield 
Stratford City. Now, um, we've been talking in the last couple of days um, about whether we know anyone uh, between the ages of 12 and 24. You're more likely to be in that swinging arc than I am now. I'm not yeah. saying you're, you're close to 24, but you're a lot closer no. than I am. Yeah, that's fine. As long as I'm happy knowing 24-year-olds. I'm not happy uh, being <laughs> yeah. a legend I know not 12-year-olds. <laughs> no, no, we won't suggest that. Um, uh, anyone in that age bracket who's looking to take the future with both hands. Well, this weekend... Um, there's a big old do happening at Westfield Stratford City and it could be for you um, maybe you're not sure what you're going to do after school or you want to better understand money um, maybe you're the first league spinner who dreams of carving out a career as a batter again as we said yesterday that's a final word reference um, future you so from the 19th which was a couple of days ago to the 22nd so if you're hearing this on Saturday go tomorrow it's on Sunday as well Westfield Stratford City um, there's uh, DJing and hip hop workshops Uh there is a clothing upcycling sessions. I'm not sure what that means Ordering. exactly. Clothing upcycling. Um, yeah. That might be sort of a, a play upcycling. on recycling. Yeah, no, I do know what that means. It's when you like, to, yeah, it's like you're upgrading something. You're upgrading an old, oh, this is this is bad from us. We've not got a, a social reference here. It's okay. But upcycling, it's like you get something and then you kind of do it up, basically. Oh, okay. So, okay. I know my wife does a lot of mucking around on vintage. Might be sort of, you know, that, that might be something like that. that, that they're not with the act, the act it, of taking something no longer in use and giving it a second life and a new function. Ah, well, yeah, that's, that's yeah, you go. That's, that's kind that's of the same right. the same yeah. idea. Like the pair of fucking spikes I bought last week <laughs> off vintage that branded themselves a size 11s, but they're size 10s now. I need to give them away or, or maybe false give, advertising. Maybe give them to you. I don't know. They're quite size nice, nine, actually. unfortunately. Size nine. You might yeah. fit. No, no, no. I, I got nowhere near fitting into them. Um, uh, trainer combust. What's this? Tra trainer customization, uh, mental and financial well-being workshops, and even a cricket taster session with Middlesex and Essex cricket clubs. It's quite nice. So Wonderful. there'll be Middlesex and Essex cricketers at uh, Westfield Stratford City. Go and get an autograph if nothing else. All the sessions are free, but book online to avoid missing out. Google Westfield Stratford City for more information. Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. Uh, the most final word moment of the day for you, Cam. Uh, for me, it was when Karuna Ratne managed, he was chasing a ball that was going off towards cover oh, yeah. and he dives and he gets it and then kind of in his role, manages just to launch the ball even further, 4-4. And I thought it was a, a full marks for effort, zero for execution. And it kind of played into the, the carnage that was the Schranken fielding effort at times. Yeah, it kind of typified how it was going on. I mentioned Aslankas fielding a couple of times. A ball hit him in the nose after launching down was of a similar vein. There was the five penalty runs where, you know, the ball after the drop, uh, Engelbrecht is beaten by Karuna Ratner, goes through the gloves of the wicketkeeper and captain. Uh, Chris yeah. Mendes and hits the helmet behind. That's uh, that's doubly painful there. Um, how about the final ball of the Dutch innings? I don't think I've ever seen that before. The beauty of cricket, one of the great charms of cricket, is you can so often say, oh, I've never seen that happen before. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was well, what became the final ball anyway. They were bowled out in the 50th over. Um, run out. Yep. So uh, the bye was taken, or not taken really, because the, the, the bails were, were taken. But subsequently, the third umpire called the front foot no ball. So the innings wow. was complete for all, in, all intents and purposes. But, um, of course, the run out still stands if it's a front foot no ball. But yeah. the score goes from 261 to 262. So it. it's probably happened, but I've, I've never seen it. And one last thing from me, towards the end when the chase was done, you know, they were yeah. missing it. It was happening. Um, we barely mentioned uh, the 91 not out. Um, uh, but that's okay. We, yeah, he already he got hundred a couple of days. Got hundred against South Africa. I can't talk about him all the time. It's, it's fine. selfish. It's fine. Um, but Mark Nicholas was on commentary, and he just was kind of you know drifting away. And that's the beauty yeah. of um, commentary when 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 it's not exciting, it's not riveting. In fact, Nico said this to us on on calling the shots 
which we we um, we put the whole interview out yeah. on on maybe two years ago on our podcast feed two hours of Nico talking about commentaries absolutely gold but you can't always be up if you're driving in fifth gear the whole time and you've got nowhere to go to when something big's happening and this game was done 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 so you can drift that's the idea of it and he drifted into talking about applying linseed oil to cricket bats excellent and how that was such... It would probably wouldn't have been part of your childhood, really, would it? Like, it, it we had it, because I remember on the bats, they, the, they have that little kind of bit in, in the toe, and you just... Sure, okay, yeah. so yeah, but my, you know, the idea of like smoothing out your bat, you get a new bat, you put oil on it, you're knocking it in, oil on it, and Nico was speaking so lovingly of the process. That is a podcast I would listen to. Um, <laughs> Mark Nicholas talking about treatment of cricket bats. If he wants to do it on our feed, we'll host him. No dramas at all. Uh, that's it for me in terms of the final word Hall of Fame. You're good? I was, I, can I just put Arian Dutton as a whole? Yeah. I, 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 his rebot back's sexy. I, he's a very good looking boy. <laughs> he's a very good bowler. He has an incredibly long run up for a spinner. Yeah. He's very particular about where the umpire stands. And then he bowls absolute seeds. Sounds like he's a final there word favourite, Arian Dutt, with his three, I think, Wickets. Three for 44. Three for 44. Last ball of his spell went for a boundary, which really hurt me. Yeah. That really upset me. Uh, stick with us on the feed. So it's one of two episodes today. Uh, Jeff uh, is going to be covering the game between England and South Africa. Here's a little game, bit yeah. of a preview. England getting absolutely pumped. They'll probably chase 400 now, I said that. Uh, tomorrow is the grudge match. Pakistan, Afghanistan. They hate each other. That's at Chennai. Um, there'll, there'll be brawls at that game. Uh, we know that from... Um, you, you're looking with your hand over your face. Oh, um, yeah, spoiler, 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 spoiler. England really getting fucked. Um, uh, the Netherlands' next game is against the rampaging Australians who had that on their bingo card a week ago. Uh, at Delhi, it's Wednesday, and Sri Lanka uh, are playing England, who may well be out of the tournament by then, uh, on Thursday Jeez. at the Chinnaswamy in Bangalore. But Sri Lanka are at last on the board. Their first win of this World Cup. Adam Collins, Cam Ponsonby, we'll be back with you soon enough, I'm sure. It'll be Jeff and me tomorrow. Um, I had to go.